a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Dave X Media. Contend Capable acknowledges the indigenous people on the land on which we record this podcast, the Tarongarong people. We offer our respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Sovereignty was never ceded. Welcome to Content and Capable, where somehow Christina let us create memes and it went a little bit off the rails. My name's Sam. I'm your host. Um, I And joining me today, from all the way from Mount Olympus and the Empire State Building, we wish, uh, is Ray. Hi, Ray. <laughs> hey, all. Uh, I've never been to the Empire State Building. Charlie has, though, so... <laughs> The, uh, the week we have been recording is the week that Charlie and the rest of the Percy Jackson podcasters has been in the States, and I have never felt more lonely in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of sad, to be honest. Oh, no, I feel you. Uh, I'm in the States, but, you know, the States <laughs> is, some, like, the most ridiculously huge country. It's not. There are much larger countries in the world, but still... <laughs> It's still like massive and like a pain in the ass to get anywhere because you it's that it's like it's beyond like you know I could just jump on a cheap flight there, especially you know certain parts of the state. So like let's try to price gouge you out of traveling anywhere. Mhm, mhm. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, look, it's it's been amazing to to watch uh, everyone get, get together. But I think it's also been, like, even more amazing to see how excited everyone else is. Like, like all of us who are at home watching Charlie, like, have fun. <laughs> it feels like proud, proud parents. Charlie, you're having fun. We love it. Get retweeted by Riordans. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, all the big flexes. I'm, like, sitting here going, I had 30 people listen to the podcast last week. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, um, well, it's lovely to have you on, uh, and, uh, we are going to have just as much fun as being on top of the Empire State Building. Oh, hell yeah. I, I say in a very empty promise. Um, so we're here to talk a little bit about growing up religious and kind of moving away from that. Ray, did you want to give a quick background as to, like your upbringing within religion? Hell yeah. Um, so, you know that I'm, like, rural America, um, so you can assume Christian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be the correct <laughs> assumption. Uh, Protestant. Um, Lutheran. The the people Lutheran. who are like, we know what Luther was talking about, so we're gonna take his whole shit and <laughs> say that it's ours. Wow. The rest of you are making a- stuff up. Um... <laughs> 
I went to a Lutheran high school, so this is like, oh, oh. no. <laughs> flashbacks, flashbacks. Amazing. Uh, yeah. If if this means anything to anybody, uh, I was in the Wells denomination. <laughs> oh, oh, far out. Not this. So, when I was in high school, the Lutheran church went through this significant milestone where it was like, like, I think it was like a hundred years of like, Lutherans in Australia, but it was also like 40 years since they'd like recombined the two sects of Lutheranism oh because somehow even the Lutherans can't agree on what Martha Martin yep. Luther had to say. <laughs> it was just like, um, this feels very, not very unified. Are you, are you okay, Lutheran? <laughs> no, no, it's. All religion is a mess, and Christians especially are like, I'm right, and if you don't agree with me, you're going to fucking hell. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's kind um, of a nightmare. <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so, so that's the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. Uh, they used to have a little song and other little videos that was like, come to the wells, Come to the wells. They don't play that anymore, and it made me mad. Um, <laughs> I think we've talked about this very briefly on, like, one of our chaos episodes. Because I think I remember Juice, like, singing it or something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's fucking hilarious. Of course we did, though. I have very few talking points in my life. <laughs> um, 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 and... I don't know, what was it like growing up in the okay. Lutheran church in Wisconsin? Well, I didn't live in Wisconsin. I've never actually lived in Wisconsin. I've lived in oh. Texas, Colorado, Kansas, Ohio, South Dakota, uh, Germany very briefly. <laughs> this is what happens when you have a military family. <laughs> Wee! So was it your father or your mother in My father. My mom had a military career for four years, uh, and then she had a second kid, me, and she was like, we're not paying for nannies anymore. I'm gonna <laughs> stay at home. Also, they started making enough money to not be on, like, uh, government programs to feed us. <laughs> like, so they it's didn't the both thing, have your parents to get rich anymore. And then... Your parents get rich and then stop caring. Like, it perceives, it comes across as like, oh, they don't care anymore. No, no, no. But it's just <laughs> like, it's, it's like, um, okay, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> uh, just like... <sighs> it's it's interesting <sighs> to me to realize that we were, like, poor, poor growing up. And then, like, to never really know, like, what... uh where you are socioeconomically, like, I think we're upper middle class, or that my parents are. I'm not. I don't have a job. I'm a mess. Um, <laughs> but. It was, it's very fascinating, I think, coming, like, and I think you and I have a relatively similar, you've, you've, you've been poor as a family and then you've come into money, you've earned, you know, your parents have earned money, et cetera, et cetera. And then you're like, I don't know where I fit socioeconomically anymore. Mm -hmm. Like we have more money than we did, but we're still like, like we're still cheapskates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The thing is that when your parents grow up poor, they never lose that mindset it's yeah. y you scrimp and you save. You know, my parents grew up 
without throwing out bacon grease because that's calories that you can't afford to get rid of. Like, yeah. Um, but anyways, to get like a little back on topic. Uh, so my church was like a pretty like conservative church. Uh, you know, obviously you can't be gay, but, um, but it's not like one of those like very hardcore fundamentalist like churches in America. You'll hear a lot of horror stories, a lot of really scary cultish stuff. I don't have any of that, you know? Um, I actually remember being like, kind of like (laughs) feeling like we were kind of hypocritical as a kid. Like, you know, for believing that God like controls the universe and stuff, we are really casual about this, aren't we? (laughs) Like, shouldn't we be like (laughs) a little more, I don't know. dedicated to this whole thing it is very fascinating that like it it is the 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 weird middle ground because obviously we talk especially when we talk about religion in a political context we often talk about the the extremes you know people who Mm. don't believe you know or or hate you know black bipoc people or you know and it's like or, like, have such hate to, like, gay people, they can't even sit in the same room as someone who may be homosexual. And it's like, uh, this is, like... But then you forget that there is a middle ground of, like, uh, groups of Christians and bits and pieces that, like, are fairly okay with it. Or maybe not entirely agree or are, are entirely in support of it. But they're like, you're a human being. We aren't going to be mad at you for being a human being. Like... <laughs> You see, you see, they were mad. They just wouldn't tell it to you to your face. Oh, that too. They're too polite. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. So it was the kind of church where a woman cannot be a pastor, but Mm. it also wasn't like that crazy. (laughs) See, it was a very like Bible literal church. Ah, very fascinating. I remember my parents getting in a massive fight with the Catholic primary school that we all went to. Um, for context, I am and still am a Catholic. Um, does it mean that I agree with a lot of things that the institution of the Catholic of the mm. Catholic Church has to say? I think, uh, but you know, it was very fascinating because um, there were some staff members at the Catholic school. Understandably, not everyone at a Catholic school is going to be Catholic. Like, statistically, that's just kind of impossible. Oh, yeah. Um, But some of those staff were like, we are going to, like, completely ignore the religious education, like, stuff that they're having to teach. And we're just going to go absolutely off the rails. Like, (laughs) not even, like, not even a semblance of Christianity here. And, like, obviously my parents are Catholic enough that they're like, let's make complaints. And they did and whatever. But it was like, and I think this is like the weird thing as well. It's like you sent your kids to a Catholic school to have like some sort of religious education and there was none. And for for some, some of my siblings, they were like, well, it wasn't, it wasn't the fact that like the whole school, there was no Catholic education. It was the fact that it was either, really kind of like substandard or the teacher's like, I don't believe in this. So I'm not going to teach it properly. And it's like, well, you're not actually fulfilling the curriculum that has been set out. And we understand you don't believe in it, but it is a curriculum. And it's like the government has asked us to do this. It's not like you don't get to pick and choose what parts of the curriculum you do and don't teach. Like, yeah. 
that's also v- interesting because in America, a a religious school would never be a government school. They're all private institutions. Um, oh, and so I think an Amer- I think an American conservative would come over to Australia, look at how our education is set up, system is set up, and then call us all communists for the next hundred <laughs> years. Um, <laughs> The government has complete control over what, it, like, the curriculum is set by the federal government. Mm. The state government then sets standards and testing regimens. And regardless of whether you're a religious school, you're a public school, you're a private school, you're a non-religious private school, you know, any kind of combination, you must follow the Australian curriculum. And especially for, like, especially for like later high school and, like, important parts through, like, primary school... You must hit these points. Uh, If you choose to do religious education, which a lot of state schools and a lot of state-run schools didn't, you also had to hit these points because that's what the Australian curriculum dictates you have to hit. Right. Which is, it's still very Christian-based because it's a Christian country. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I didn't actually know that you guys had, like, national religion... Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> so it's it's fascinating because we um, a lot of our like big growth points as a population have been when we've had immigrants from all over the world move here. The religions kind of muddied out. Um, so theoretically, we are a Christian nation by default. I think like most Western cult nations are like. And it's, it's fascinating because obviously the predominant is Christianity um, mm. to some extent, but you've also got quite a significant Muslim population and you've got quite a significant Jewish population. And the, the Greek Orthodoxes, uh, because there's so many Greeks here, the Greek Orthodoxes also are like pretty significant. Like my mm. big fat Greek wedding, um, I think, it, is that an Australian film? I think I have to check. Um <laughs> But uh, it looked, sorry, quickly searches up My Big Fat Greek Wedding. (laughs) Um, Actually, who's the director? Sorry. And he's American. Okay, maybe it is an American one. I feel like I I remember My Big Fat Greek Wedding felt... I've only seen it like once. It it felt very Australian. It was like, (laughs) oh, wow. Oh, wait, I think it's also in that, like, that early 2002s, you know, um, there were a lot of movies like that. Um, oh, there's another movie. Oh, it's a Baz Luhrmann movie that, um, it's got a similar, like, representation of Greek culture. Mm. And it's, and it's like, you know, we've got to, sorry, this is, <laughs> the episode of A Thousand Tangents, but, you know, it, it, I think, because it's, like, muddied out, like, and also, like, our governments are fairly removed from religion like we are fairly like church and state are fairly separated Mm -hmm. um like it's not perfect but also you know um we've had you know a variety of like uh leaders who like believe in different things and bits and pieces and so you know our education system reflects the fact that we've got a diverse population and it's like you're not forced to be christian once you move to america Oh, Australia. Okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah. But, yeah, so did you, like, obviously you moved around a lot, but did your parents send you to a religious school? Um, no. Uh, I went to public schools except for one year. Uh, I went to 
my church had a school like a little one that just was attended in the church and I went there. Um, well, that must have been like fourth grade or something like that. So mm. I was pretty young. But, you know, we, we memorized some Bible verses. We did math and English and normal shit. <laughs> just. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. What's interesting <laughs> about that is that you never run into more culty shit than you do in a religious school. <laughs> So many you're sitting Mary in the church. In the yeah. <laughs> like, literally, like, this is the weird shit. Like, I, I don't think people who, did, who didn't go to religious schools don't realize how, like, very, not anti-Christian, but, like, how very willing to, like, do stuff that is completely against the teachings of Christianity. Oh, yeah. Some kids are. <laughs> yeah. You know, as you said, you know, Bloody Mary in the bathrooms, you know. Um, it's definitely, like, it, it wasn't unheard of. I think it's just when you isolate kids in, like, a smaller population, especially, like, that kind of thing, where it's got, like, a dozen people in the entire school, and <laughs> you just, all the weirdness just comes out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's... Kind of, it's strange. And actually, it reminds me of, like, Scouts as well. So when I did Scouts as a kid, it was, there was a lot of hazing and a lot of, like, Mm. really weird stuff. And I don't know, Scouts gave me the heebie-jeebies because they felt very mildly religious because you would do, you you would, um, like, part of it, obviously, like, I think Scouts started quite religious, but, like, you know, being a the one for all kind of shenanigans, uh, it then has turned into like, this is a, um, a, this is an organization for all, but we're still going to say like a prayer or like have a minute silence of like thinking about nature and stuff. felt very Buddhist to be honest, <laughs> um, <laughs> in my very loose understanding of Buddhism, but you know, it was very, it felt very culty to be in a Catholic school. Or, or a religious school, for, you know, and I wasn't, I, I went to two religious schools. I didn't even go to a single public school, mm. but um, I don't know, like, was it, was it a weird culture shock going between public and, and religious schools? Um, I, the thing is that I was moving schools so often that it was just like, well, here's another new experience. <laughs> you know, it, mm. it wasn't that odd for me uh the it's harder you know even to go to a public school and then try to like meet people and make friends (laughs) um so so honestly i probably had more trouble adjusting to like every new school that i went to as i was getting older Mm. rather than like the the different culture of like that one church school yeah, it, it is very fascinating. I do, I like, I do have to, like, point out that it was quite fascinating to move schools, especially at, like, in the right... So, I moved between the, between grade six and grade seven. So, uh, we don't have three schools. We only have two sets of schools. Um, and it was very weird being in that really transitional kind of, like... I still felt very attached to my primary school, but then moving to a completely different high school where I knew pretty much no one. Um, 
I think there was like three people in like grades above me that I recognized and that was about it. And it was so hard and doing it all the time. Like I would hate to do that. Oh yeah. Uh, I have all kinds of mental problems. (laughs) Um, So to, to talk about like my faith as a kid, I was very, very invested in having uh like a a relationship with god and like uh i don't know i had like anxiety about it i was like do i have enough faith i remember like uh once i was leaving church and i was like okay uh god if i am going to go to heaven then uh have me get to the car first uh and then i like sprinted to get to the car and I was touched it first and I was like, okay. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like I'm probably good. I don't know that I'm good, but I'm probably good. (laughs) It's weird how superstitious kids get. Um, Cause like as kids, you're fairly like oblivious to the shenanigans that are like the actual adult shenanigans that are going around you. But then you like would make up things of like, Oh, you know, the whole like, you know, stepping on a line, you make your, break your mother's spine, mm-hmm. step on a crack, you break your mother's back or something, <laughs> which is the same thing. But it was like this weird thing. It was like, you know, weird things like that, which probably meant that like most of these children were probably mildly neurodivergent. <laughs> but like, also it was like very quickly jumped onto some weird superstitions or was easily scared into like doing something a certain way. And it was very weird. Well, the human brain is so, like, gung-ho about patterns. It loves patterns so much. So superstition just, like, makes sense that that happens constantly all the time to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and so, I don't know, as you... Um, sorry. As you uh, kind of grew up and got into, like, high school and bits and pieces... Did you start, like, questioning your faith, like, or, or questioning the the religious leaders or your parents or anything as, you know, as that, as you kind of, like, were aware of what's going on around you? Um, so, in high school is when I had, like, my big things where I eventually ended up losing my faith entirely. Uh, before that, I had been... You know, I believed that the Bible was true, and I believed Mm. that my church leaders were interpreting the Bible to the best of their abilities, but I didn't think that that meant that I had to be on the same line with them on everything. I thought that faith was a very personal thing, and that I could make up my own mind about, you know, how I should act in the world and uh, what I should believe. Like, uh, I... (laughs) I like to, uh, <laughs> I, I like to think that I've always, uh, been for gay rights because I remember <laughs> specifically having a conversation with my mom where I'm like, hey, we're supposed to separate church and state, right? Why can't gay people get married? That's a state thing. Marriage is a legal thing. I think that they should be allowed <laughs> to get married. I might think it's a sin, but that doesn't have anything to do with them. Like, 
I think this is, like, where young people kind of, like, gets the nuance of this a bit more of, like... And the point is completely valid. Like, a legal marriage or a legal partnership is, like, a very much state thing. Mm -hmm. And obviously a religious marriage has to conform to the religious rules. But but if they're not getting married in your church, then you don't have any right to tell people what to do. Yeah, exactly. And it was... Very weird. Like, it was... I don't know. Like, how did that conversation go with your mother? What did you... Like, is that kind of... Did they react poorly? Uh, She didn't agree with me, but uh, no poor reaction. Uh, My mom is where I get my conflict averseness from. You know, she's a very, very (laughs) mild person. (laughs) Um, But I I did have a conversation... uh, in high school with a kid in my English class who was a gay Christian who was like, yeah, I don't think it's a sin. And I was like, yeah, exactly. You don't think it's a sin because you (laughs) interpret this and this differently. That's totally fine. Lots of Christians interpret lots of things differently. This is just one factor. I don't see why people like focus on that so much. I think that that's because your culture is like gender... (laughs) has like these weird weird things about gender where it's so strict and it's a cultural thing and not actually a religious thing and i don't want to get into that right now (laughs) never mind (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's like and i really kind of like wished that as a kid especially like in my teens my parents were more willing to have a good faith discussion mm. about these topics. Because I really, like, even today, I don't quite understand where my parents sit on everything. Mm. And then, you know, people might ask me questions about my parents. And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, my parents... My parents don't even... My, my parents don't even tell me who they vote for. Like, obviously, I think in the States, it's a huge like marker of your identity or who you vote for but like my parents don't even discuss that that's like an huh. incredibly private thing that they don't talk about ever and i'm like i i don't even know who they vote for let alone i know i know most of their beliefs but you know how it like works intersectionally and how they feel like because we do we live in a set like our world is very multicultural very you know multi-faith Mm-hmm. And, you know, and people believe all sorts of things. And we are friends with... my. Fr- I am friends with gay people, you know. It's like, we, we, we can't help but interact with people who don't fit our ideologies. And yeah. it's... I think... I, I think that the whole put your head in the sand kind of shenanigans, I'm like, what? This is not going to help. Like, you're just making your position worse. Yeah, uh... Not being able to talk about this kind of stuff is only going to hurt us in, as a whole because discourse is how we come up with new ideas and how we learn together, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, uh, my mom, chill. My dad, I never bring up political conversations with my dad or like oh, religion. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. No. Um, one time my mom and I were trying to tell him that like, maybe communism doesn't work in the real world, but it's, like, a nice idea, like, for everyone to be equal and stuff. 
it, it's like a nice idea, even if you don't think that it's practical. And he was like so angry. Like to him, that's an oh, attack. Wow. Like he he could not concede that that like the idea is nice or whatever. <laughs> in in his mind, communist equals evil, 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 evil. <laughs> and so yeah, uh, he gets so defensive that you can't bring up any of that kind of stuff with him. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard because you want to be like. You want to have those discussions, especially with family. Like, family is supposed to be this safe space where, you know, no one's going to agree on anything, but you're all there with each other. And, like, you've got a deeper connection based than your religious or political or beliefs or, you know, shared interests or anything. It's a deeper, like, theoretically, it's a deeper connection. And it's still, like... it's still hard to sit there and go, I want to have a discussion about this. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm still technically a member of my church because uh, I couldn't call them and say, hey, take me off your register. I don't want to be a member anymore without risking my parents being told about that. Um, Yeah. my parents don't know that I'm not religious. My parents don't know my gender identity. They don't know my sexual orientation. Uh, so if anybody out there is a parent, um, you should be open with your kids and to be accepting of however they're going to end up or else you won't know any shit about them. <laughs> like, if I want to have a relationship with my parents, I'm, I'm too afraid. There, there's no way that I could talk to them about any of the things in my life. Yeah, and does that hurt? Like, I, I I've had a similar situation, but did, did that hurt for you? Like, um, not being able to have those conversations. I, I, I feel guilty all the time uh, with all members of my family. You know, uh, when people in my family extend generosity to me, uh, stuff that would is normal for like uh aunts and cousins and whoever to do mm. i can't help but think you wouldn't do this if you knew anything about me <laughs> you know yeah and that that eats at me um uh teddy uh my podcast host and cousin is in a very similar boat they don't give a shit <laughs> they're like oh yeah lying to people i do that all the time i don't care like, um, that it doesn't strike to them as lying or like, they don't feel like people have a right to, to, uh, demand their like inner personal life. They, they feel that, uh, their own self belongs to themselves and they don't owe that to other people. And that's like really cool. <laughs> um, I, I just can't help but feel like I'm being hypocritical. Um, and uh, hypocrisy bothers me more than anything. <laughs> and, it's, uh, and I think that's probably, like, where often the start of, like, people deconstructing their faith sits, is that, like, you see a hypocrisy and you, like, obviously vehemently oppose th- that hypocritical ideology or uh, action... And then you, everything starts kind of crumbling around you because it's like, oh shit, you know, 
I don't, you know, X, Y, and Z, and, Mm -hmm. you know, A, B, C. (laughs) I don't know why I'm doing this. But uh, it's really hard to sit there and go, oh, you know, like, I now have to step away from this, but my family will be, like, so hurt Mm -hmm. if I, like, tell them that. Um, And I, like, obviously, you still want to be relatively close with your family as well. It's like... I don't care about your religious beliefs. I want to be close with you. And mm-hmm. sometimes you, you worry that, like, your religious beliefs are, like, are the thing that, like, is still holding them to you. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you've got to, like, you let that go. And it's like, they're ne- like are they, are they going to ever accept me for who I am? Um, I think being scared of being separated from your family is really hard as well. And if, if, if I don't work up that courage, I'm never going to know how they would react. But I I know that it's, I know that it's not good because I, I had been there in that place and I had felt that before of, um, when you really earnestly believe that people who don't believe in God are going to go to hell that is like terrifying <laughs> like yeah. when you have friends who say like oh yeah i'm an atheist that that like it's like panic inducing <laughs> and uh i know that telling them that i left the church would hurt them yeah have you like ever gotten close to talking about it with even like even one of your parents um, my mom and I do have more frank discussions, um, but I don't know. I feel like I've kind of like edged around it in ways that I think that she might suspect more than she lets on, but mm. it's, it's not something that I've ever really tried to have a conversation about. Yeah. And I, I, I look, it's. It's hard as well, because obviously you're close with your mother, and it's like, well, more close with your mother than your father, and it's like, <laughs> what if this breaks it all? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I think this, the a lot of, like, the religious guilt, and, like, we, Catholics joke about Catholic guilt all the time, <laughs> um, and it's fascinating that we're recor- recording this on St. Patrick's Day, uh, <laughs> because... Um, it is, it, it's terrifying to, you know, to feel like you're letting someone down. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, st- like I haven't stepped away from my faith, but I have watched family members and my, and have, who have stepped away from their faith because of various reasons, including things that had happened within the family that had meant that they couldn't continue to engage it because they brought up that, you know, traumatic memories or uncomfortable Mm. memories going back into the church every week. Um, And and still, you know, pussyfooting around, especially my grandfather, who we all love my grandfather. Like, everyone really loves him. But, like, there are parts of my family who are, like, he is so religious that, like, we don't want to like, hurt him. Like, we don't, like, 
And it's, ah, it hurts so much to watch it all happen. And like, I kind of sit on the fence and I go, I can really understand where you people are coming from, but I just, I don't, I like, I have no idea what to do. Hmm. Oh, and, and the St. Patrick's Day as well. Also, like, thank you to the Irish for not giving it a flying fuck about the way that they practice their Catholicism and somehow creating a national day where you get pissed up uh, and eat uh, eat like crazy uh, and, and break all the rules of Lent in the middle of Lent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it used to... Uh, hit, so, in the Catholic Church, you've got these things called holidays of obligation. There's only two in, in Australia. Each country does it differently. Hmm. Uh, we've only got two. Um, and ba- back in the day, we used to have heaps more. And one of them was St. Patrick's Day. Um, because we had such a large Irish population, um, and you, the idea of that was because it was a feast, all the rules of Lent went out the window, and so you would be able to do whatever you wanted. So if Lent was on a Friday, you're like, we can eat meat. <laughs> anyway, sorry, rants and tangents. Uh, no, that's amazing. Um... <laughs> So, uh, like, after you've, like, stopped living at home with your parents and moved away, what, like, what did it feel like having, like, not being, having that physical reminder of that, like, your family was, is quite religious? Um, it, it felt really, really weird at first. Uh, I started going to college in a dorm room, uh, states away from them, and, the idea that I could come out to people and not worry about that, like, you know, somehow coming back to bite me because, because you know, it's a college, it's safe to tell people, like, hey, I'm queer. And it, it, it felt really, really weird to have the opportunity to be open about that. I, I was, I, I still, and sometimes, you know, I, I use my birth name instead of my name that I chose. Uh, I, I don't tell people what pronouns I want them to use. Uh, cause partially because I don't even know, but, <laughs> but also, you yeah. know, I, I'm uncomfortable talking to like strangers about that sort of thing. Do you ever, like, is there ever that fear that, like, somehow your sexuality and your your religious beliefs would get back to your parents out of your control? Um, outside of, like, talking to family members and stuff, not really. I, my life is so separate from them. <laughs> In a way that kind of makes me sad, you know? I'm not going to tell them about my podcasting. I'm not going to tell them about, you know, uh, what I enjoy. And they're not going to talk to people who I know. So it it's not really something that concerns me anymore. Yeah. I, and, like, I don't know. You, you live away from your family do you see them often? Like, obviously, that that's, like, where your religion has come from. So, obviously, being reminded of that time might... I don't know. I don't know. In my head, I'm like, if I moved away from the religion, my religion, obviously, my family is still really important to me, but 
I would be find it very hard to go back to go visit mm-hmm. my family. Um, I used to be like right after I kind of left the church. I I was very uncomfortable being made to go to church. Uh, I I didn't want to be there. I felt guilty. I felt upset. I I started to feel like mad that I was being forced to do this thing when it didn't have anything to do with me anymore. Uh, um, my church is very serious about communion. If you don't uh, believe exactly what they believe, they don't want you to take communion with them. And mm. so that was a source of like horrific guilt for me. It was like, I'm ruining this ritual for these people by my presence. Like, cause I can't tell them <laughs> that uh, you i'm not someone who's supposed to be here i felt like an imposter yeah. i felt yeah it's it's a whole thing and so now i'm kind of getting over that uh i don't want to go to church but there are certain aspects that i miss uh i miss singing with a large group of people every week that was always uh really important to me um uh I miss the kind of like ritual aspects of it. I I miss the feelings that I used to get from it. Um but yeah. it's not something that I like to engage with all that much. But now that I've like had some more time, I can enjoy like uh Christian aesthetics again in like media. I can like chase that feeling in other ways. <laughs> and that's kind of fun. It's it's very fascinating. Anyone anyone that I've spoken to who has been religious at any point in time, and obviously I think you and Ted made the comment last time you were on here. The the traditions and the rituals are very enticing, and like mm-hmm. I think also it frustrates me as a practicing Catholic, but it it is very. Um, it's very. It looks very appealing for like these people who are uber positive all the time uh, to kind of be, um, you know, th- they're super happy all the time and they're like, this is amazing, everything's amazing. It's very jarring to me because I hate it. I'm like, you're not a realist in any way, shape or form. <laughs> like, please, please acknowledge that things aren't easy. <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, it's like, it's like, oh, I kind of appreciate, like, uh, I, I, everything's great. And, you know, the world's awesome uh, for, like, the hot second that you can do about that before you think of all the stupid shit that's going on. Uh, I love kids media for that. I watch a lot of cartoons. <laughs> Sometimes it's <laughs> nice to, like, feel like the world is good for a second. Uh, I like... Um, uh, Centaur World is a good show for like kind of placing playing both sides of that of like looking at like saccharine stuff and then like treating that idea seriously while still like being very cynical about it. If you've never seen that show, it's pretty good. Ah, <laughs> uh, awesome! I have to check it out. But I and I think the other thing I do love as well is like as much as Hillsong is like. The se- only the second worst thing that has come out of Australia, um, it, you know, it is um, the music that, like, especially the that what what we like to joke the happy clappy Christians have is pretty cool. To be honest, I'm like, 
that's pretty good. Like it, it's a, it's fun. It's like positive music. And like, I, sometimes I'm like, I'm in the mood to listen to like some Christian rock. Mm, mm. Um, very, I don't know. It's very weird. <laughs> so let me tell you the, the factors that, uh, led to me actually, uh, starting to lose my I was about to faith. say, we haven't really yeah, like yeah. discussed it. Yeah. Because I personally think that it's very funny that the two things that happened were one, I had a Mormon best friend. <laughs> And two, I got really into Homestuck. And those were the two things that led to me stopping being Christian. The They were right. If you read Homestuck, you become a godless heathen. Um, okay. So, so, I'm me. Um, I'm in 10th grade. I've moved to, new, to a new school. My plan for making friends in my new school is I'm going to carry around manga and read it constantly, and eventually someone will talk to me. Yeah. It takes a couple months, but this actually does work. So. What? <laughs> yes. I love how it took a couple of months. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I. It was a better friend-making plan than any that I have now, so. <laughs> so jot that down, being weird and <laughs> reading manga all the time can make you friends <laughs> um, we promise we promise we are weird <laughs> um so yeah uh i make my new best friend who was like a kindred spirit she uh we did everything together we we could have the best conversations uh and she was super duper mormon <laughs> um <laughs> And through her, I made all my other friends with all the other weed kids who liked anime and, uh, like, fandom stuff and art and, you know. Uh, so that was my whole friend group. And those other friends got me into Homestuck. My Mormon friend would never read Homestuck. It has swears in it. Um, <laughs> I forget how conservative the Mormons are until, like, some stupid shit. Like, they, they mention, oh, I can't do this because of this. And I'm like, what the actual fuck are you talking about yeah. <laughs> oh yeah okay so so i hung out with her a lot which means that i ended up going to some mormon events um she had to go to like a study session a religious study session with the other kids in the morning at like 5 a.m uh yeah so a couple of times she like drove me to school and i went and did that with her um, which is crazy. <laughs> okay, the let's get religiously indoctrinated. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Bad news is that Mormonism is a cult, and uh, I'm sorry if this is the first time that you're hearing it. I I don't have anything against Mormon people. I have met a lot of really wonderful Mormon people. Um, it's a cult. They are trying to control you. It's really messed up, and you should get out if you can. <laughs> Actually, quickly before we continue, have you read um, Jeanette McCurdy's book, I'm Glad My Mum Died? I have not, because I'm afraid of it. <laughs> I read it. I mean, it's a really hard read, and I completely understand as someone who's, like, been within that religious, like, those religious organizations. But the way that, like, she, as a child, interacted with Mormonism, I'm like... 
how has like the government not cracked down on how culty <laughs> this is or something? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they won't. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you but- went. You went to. You went to the cult. Session. <laughs> so no the thing is that it wasn't like the cultiness or the controlness that bothered me uh all of that i was like yeah it's just a different religion it's a different faith this is fine um what did bother me was like every time that i would hear something that they believed i would be like that sounds made up uh <laughs> I, i'm not going to yeah. disrespect you i'm not going to disrespect your faith i would never say that to you but huh uh, it sounds to me like that is something that some guy just said one time that he found some some plates that said that Jews were in America in his backyard. That sounds really fake. But like, and then that had me like, because I'm like, okay, but this is a legitimate faith. You believe in it just as seriously as I believe in my faith. Oh, mm. I wonder if that's how my faith seems from the outside. Like, if you looked at this without having grown up in it, does it sound like that's just something somebody made up? And the answer was yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm going to look at the Bible. I'm going to start at Genesis. And I was like, oh, this is like every other culture's creation story. <laughs> like, Yeah. It, I... This sounds like something that some people who didn't fully understand the way that the natural world works would would say to to explain the way that the natural world works. It says that there's uh, water in the sky. There's an ocean up there. There's not. I know that there's not. So, huh, I wonder what that's unless all about. We, unless, unless science has really gone off the rail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so... So that was one factor, was, like, having to, like, uh, having that, like, contextualization of, like, mm. if I look at this from an outside perspective, it looks really different from the way that I've grown up. Um, the other factor, <laughs> I read Homestuck, which introduced me to queer media, which uh, introduced me to fandom, which introduced me to Tumblr. <laughs> Oh, uh, look, that was a very slippery slope. Yeah. <laughs> You're basically it, going it vertical is. at this point. <laughs> um, like I said, I never had, like, a quote-unquote problem with gay people and them existing. I was like, everybody sins. It's one sin. I don't understand why we're so fixated on this one thing. But um, then I started to running into, like... Uh, queer discourse, queer politics on Tumblr mm. and um, people saying like, your perspective is not good enough. You're still saying that there's something wrong with being queer and that is not okay because there isn't anything wrong with it. It's not harmful. If you're acting like it's harmful, then you're causing harm to people. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. It's not harmful for people to be gay. I know that. Uh, and all of the other rules that I follow, uh, I think that there's a reason for sins. I think that sins are things that cause harm. Why would God say that being gay was wrong if it doesn't cause any harm? That seems like that's only going to cause problems for people. I don't understand the logic here. I'm trying to, like, reconcile my vision of God with saying something like that, and it doesn't work. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and I just like I it, it it is strange because a lot of like and then you you have a look at it, especially progressive people breaking down like especially the Christian like justification as to why homosexuality is a sin, and a lot of it's like founded on like the translation of the Bible and like not quite understanding what the understanding about sexuality was back where back in like early like back in before Jesus time like theoretically you know it's it's just a such a weird and you do you you start deconstructing it and you go what the hell's going on here like why are we still saying that this is such a terrible thing when we can't even agree on what translation of the Bible to mm-hmm. use. Uh, <laughs> this is where, like, I have a, a big problem with Protestantism, where, like, it's like, it's not that the Protestants, the Protestants don't have a point. It's the fact that you're like, I don't, very King Henry the King, King Henry <laughs> the Eighth. I don't like the rules, so I'm just going to create a new sect and see what happens. <laughs> um... So, uh, a good podcast that I can recommend is Apocrypals. Um, their tagline is something like, uh, two non-believers read through the Bible and try not to be jerks about it. Um, <laughs> I uh, love that. They're both, like, ex-Christians who, uh, uh, like to just read through the Bible and various Apocrypha, um, and, like, look at it as, uh, literature, um... And as historical documents, rather than as, like, belief. Um, Which I think is probably the better way to go about it. And, like, the more I learn about the way that sections of the Bible were written and sections of the Bible were <laughs> translated, it's like, the more the more I've got to take, like, what's being said with a grain of salt. And this is where, like, the reason why I haven't, like, left the Catholic Church is half... I want to say it's, like, maybe a third Catholic guilt. But the other two-thirds <laughs> is the fact that, like, my interactions with religious leaders within the Catholic Church, like, you know, I'm not talking about bishops. I'm talking about, like, the priest. Right, right. Is, has been, like, while there are, you know, there are still certain hang-ups, the vast majority of the time, what they're saying is usually fairly practical. It's like, you know, you shouldn't do this because it's a bad thing. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, don't be mean to people. Don't say mean things about people. How about let's be kind, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, I just wish that more people were willing to kind of go, these are like the core fundamentals of Christianity. Because if you have a look at like what the Jews were doing back in, you know, when, when you know, Julius Caesar was, was in charge of, you know, all of ancient Rome, which included Palestine, um, it is so like... It is so remo- far removed from a what modern Judaism looks like, but b what we consider being decent human beings looks like, um, and that's why it was so radical. And I think that the the core tenets of Christianity, the core teachings, are so important. And I just try to remove myself from all the stupid stupid shit around <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, as much as I I feel like I have issues that have come from the church, I'm also like legitimately grateful for like the moral background that I feel like I got from my Christian upbringing of like Mm. wanting to be decent to people. I feel like 
there are other people in the church, in my church, who did not get that, who kind of yeah. missed those teachings. And I think also, but, like, the yeah. media landscape in which America sits as well, I, is, is it's very hard to be religious and not be, you know, not be aligned with that this constant stream of hate and vitriol that we know is Fox News like mm. or you know other Christian affiliated media outlets where instead of promoting love and kindness and respect we're sitting here talking about how bad the gays are or how bad drag story time and drag bingo is or you know and it, it frustrates me because it's like can you let these people live their own lives? If you don't want to be a part of that, don't be a part of it. Like, if you worry that someone's going to molest your child, maybe take them out of the church first. Um, <laughs> oh, get them. <laughs> oh, it's just... Oh, anyway. I, I feel like we've gotten to the end. Is there anything else before we wrap up that you wanted to say or touch on? Um, Losing your faith is really scary. Uh... It feels like uh, you're on a life raft in the middle of this big world that is the ocean. And you were tethered to something. And you cut that tether. And now you are just floating by yourself. (laughs) Um, But it doesn't have to be that scary. You you can find people to to support you. look for love and connection uh, in a world that is devoid of purpose. We make our own purpose and our own meaning meaning together and that's something that's really, really beautiful and can be so so rewarding. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I that's what I want to leave people with is uh, yeah. hope and encouragement. Uh, go out there, meet people. Uh, don't ever give up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and I know it's been a bit of a, like a deeper topic this episode. Um, and it also happens to be right around Passover and Easter. Uh, the episode's <laughs> coming out. Uh, so for all those people who have to relive that religious stuff, just know that like, there are people out there who feel very similarly, I think. And it's... I think it's really important to know that you aren't alone and that, you know, the, the the discussions that you can have or want to have can be had in safe spaces. Wow. Okay. Well, that went very deep. Um, <laughs> Ray, first of all, before one. we get into plugs... Uh, yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming in and chatting about this. I it's a, It's a touchy topic and I think... I hope we did it justice and I would love to hear from the listeners about doing it justice. Um, I, I'd love to hear your perspective. Definitely send an email to contentandcapablepod at gmail.com. Um, if you want to share your thoughts, I'm always, I'm always willing to hear people's thoughts. It's, it's always very fascinating. Um, but Ray, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, yeah. Uh, I do a podcast on this very, very podcast network. Uh, you may have heard Ooh. of it. It's of the Eldest Gods. We read Percy Jackson. I'm I'm changing religions. I'm becoming Greek. Um, <laughs> no, I'm Greek not. Greek life. <laughs> 
so yeah, you could listen to that one, or you could listen to Barbie movies slap, where uh, my cousin Ted and I watch Barbie movies, and that comes out when it feels like it, every once in a while. <laughs> that just happens. It, it descends from above. <laughs> I love how like we are uber organized on the Deus Ex Media Network, and we're like, we are going to make sure we take scheduled breaks so we don't burn out, and we're consistently producing content. And then your side project is Barbie Movie Slap, where we're like, oh, if we feel like it, we might get around to a Barbie movie sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> we might fuck around, watch some Barbie, you know. <laughs> The, the normal stuff. The yeah, normal stuff. Yeah. Um, also, very excited for the Barbie movie coming out later this year. Um, Greta Kerwick. Ah! <laughs> I, was, I have non-stop been thinking about it. Um, has there been anything that you wanted to plug that you've been listening, reading, or watching? Okay. Uh, I mentioned Centaur World. That's good. I mentioned Apocrypals. That podcast is great. Uh, if you want biblical historical context if that's something that you're interested in then like i would definitely recommend that for just like recontextualizing the bible thinking of it as like something that's a product of its time uh that has its own like politics to it that has its own like life to it from the people who wrote it uh i think that that's really interesting um but one that i haven't mentioned yet um is oh no ross and carrie uh they are both also ex-Christians, um, and they uh, look into uh, fringe science and fringe religions, and uh, they go out and experience people who believe, who have fringe beliefs, and uh, experience their talks. Uh, they'll go to, like, psychic shows. They'll go to meetings for small religious groups and just like see what it's like there and i think that that is really interesting and cool and they both have also come out with like episodes about their own stories leaving the faith that are much more interesting than mine so i totally recommend those <laughs> Uh, amazing. Well, thank you so much. Well, um, you can find me at sam.the.journalist on Instagram and on TikTok. You can find me at samobjournalist on Twitter. Um, I don't know what I'll be doing this time when this episode comes out on Twitter. I still exist there. And every now and then I tweet <laughs> a hot take. Um, uh, uh, you can find the podcast at content the letter and capable. And you can find uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, and I'm going to plug, for a bit of change of pace, Gilmore Girls, where I think <laughs> their approach to religion is my favourite. Um, <laughs> just, like, watching Lorelai and Rory be godparents and, like, the priest, the Christian priest, the general Christian priest of no dem denomination, um, have a chat to them right before they become godparents to Suki and Jackson's children it's like absolutely hilarious. Like they're like, we believe, we believe. And he's like, yeah, but what in? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. They're like social chameleons. Cause they're like, we're not going to get involved in religion, but we are going to be here because it's our friends. Aww. Um, and I love it. I love it. Hey, amazing support. Anyway, I just finished watching all of Gilmore Girls as well. Turns out Rory is still a painful human being and we all kind of hate her. Um, <laughs> But um, thank you so much, Ray, for coming on the podcast. It has been a blast. Thanks for having me. I love being on here. 
Content and Capable was recorded, edited, and produced by Samuel O'Brien. You can follow the podcast at Content, the letter N, Capable on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find it on Facebook. You can also send an email through to contentandcapablepod at gmail.com with any of your thoughts, queries, or concerns. The best way to support the podcast is to leave a review on your preferred podcatcher so more people can hear the podcast. The art was done by Opia and the music was written, edited and produced by Jason Hilton. Content and Capable is proud to be a part of the Deus Ex Media Network where you can find a podcast for any of your nerdy interests. This season on Of The Eldest Gods, we make our way through the maze of Labyrinth. Yeah, Labyrinth, whatever. And we tell you all about the next book in the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series. And explain the context as we go along. So, the whole stuck in a maze thing is just a gimmick for this book, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, Ray. Uh, hey, 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 Charlie! Where the fuck are we? Only you can save us from the Labyrinth by listening to our podcast. Help! Thank you for listening to Content and Capable. Don't forget to rate and review, and we'll see you next week for another episode. Dave X Media.